Hello, and welcome to Song by Song by Song, a musical theater song podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Claire. And today, for this episode, this first episode of our new format, we have... Me! I'm back! I'm Zach Lopez. Wow, he's back. It's (laughs) not like we are definitely not recording these at the exact same time. (laughs) Yeah, definitely definitely not. not. This is definitely... A new day. A new day. (laughs) Um, So, this new format, we are going to be finding and choosing musical theater songs that fit into a certain category. And for this first episode of our new format, we thought it would be fitting to do opening numbers. Now, this doesn't include overtures. Those, those can be their own episode down their line of our favorite overtures. This is our favorite opening numbers. The first song that is sung in the show on a cast recording in... Yeah, this is just the first song. It's opening song. It's the first episode of this format. We're going to be talking about first songs. Uh, the way this is going to work is we're going to start with Zach, start with our guest, and we're just going to go in a circle. So it'll go Zach, Claire, and then me. And we're just going to name our favorite opening songs, talk a little bit about them, and we'll just keep going in circles until all of us have picked our top five favorite opening songs. Now the drama is if someone were to pick someone else's, then we'll just have to figure out a new one. <laughs> Luckily, most of us have written lists that are a lot longer than 10 songs. Yeah. If, so. And, and and I guess if someone picks your song, you know, you can just add on. To add on to what they're say saying. It. So yeah. it just increases the conversation load. Cool. And we'd love to hear what your guys' favorite songs are. So once this episode is posted, We'll post to our social medias. Let us know what you think your favorite opening songs. You can comment on us. You can tell us if we were wrong. You can tell us if we were right, which is more likely what's going to be because all these songs are bops. Uh, So without further ado, let's get right into it. And Zach, what is your first favorite opening number? I'm going to I'm going to throw a a, a Hail Mary here, right? (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite opening songs and i was looking through them um the first one of the first ones that came to mind was uh bikini bottom day from spongebob squarepants the musical now obviously like almost all the songs on this list um it does a really good job at introducing the characters Mm -hmm. in the show and i'd say this more so because it literally says like the narrator goes oh this is sandy cheeks here we are at this place you know stuff like that it definitely gives off the vibe yeah and something that spongebob did that was i think different from most other people uh, in other musicals is that they had like multiple multiple musical like um lyricists and writers to write the the songs for the show so, like, the big power ballad in the show was done by Panic at the Disco, but Bikini Bottom Day, the very intro song, and the song that is probably most repeated throughout the musical, was done by uh, Jonathan Colton. Um, I love him. You love him. I have he, no idea who he is. He is the musical, like, co-host on Ask Me Another. He also is a comedian, and he writes comedy songs. Like, if you've ever listened to the folk version of Baby Got Back, he did that. <laughs> He is a cool dude. Funny enough, yeah, I wrote down like a little note on them because um, I didn't know much about him. But it does say on the Wikipedia <laughs> that he's an American 
folk slash comedy singer songwriter and he got famous talking about geek culture or something like that um but yeah bikini bottom day has a lot of moments in it and a lot of funny moments in there and and it definitely is a perfect it's from someone who watched spongebob a lot and who loves spongebob uh, it definitely gives the the right vibe to what the show and what spongebob is about and yeah it's just very really well done so for sure nice cool okay. yeah i agree i yeah. like that song a lot too <laughs> sweet claire how do you what are your feelings on bikini bottom day um yeah it's a good song it's very high energy it's obviously um since spongebob you know was like made for kids quote unquote it's very colorful and energetic and um very definitely like nostalgic yeah for all of us Mm -hmm. who grew up watching spongebob or like in our case grew up watching spongebob and then our mom would like yell at us to turn it off because it was annoying yeah i was like she didn't think she just thought it was stupid she didn't like make us not watch it yeah i was like we could watch it but she just would like leave the room sure (laughs) um one thing that's coming to mind about the song and specifically talking about spongebob because you know he's like mega optimistic um always looking at the bright side type of guy or type of thing i guess um (laughs) it's like at the very end while everyone is singing like it's a typical regular um non-extraordinary right while they're singing that spongebob is singing like they're singing it's a typical and he's saying incredible and I just think that does justice to the character. And it just, it makes me hopeful. You know, it makes me feel good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Next. Awesome. Claire, your first song. My first song is from one of my um, favorite musicals. It's, you know, become pretty popular. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's from Waitress. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, yeah. I've definitely not seen it multiple <laughs> times. But the song, Opening Up from waitress which i'm counting as like the first actual big number instead of the sugar sugar butter which i mean kind of just leads into that it's okay i'm gonna do that later a little bit oh okay okay um but yeah i i think it's you know it, it creates the the like symbolism of like we're opening up the show but we're also opening up the diner obviously so like there's the double meaning and um it's just like it's peppy but it's also like realistic if that makes sense because i'm like the first words are like day starts like the rest i've seen another carbon copy um of whatever the next words are (laughs) of the old of the old routine i blinked my mind for a second um but I was like, it's it's very realistic to like Jenna and who she is as a character because she's very like, I'm just living life to get through it rather than to enjoy it, which like, you know, becomes one of her main character things later is that she finds things to enjoy in life. Which <laughs> Imagine that once you get out of a toxic <laughs> relationship. Um, but um, yeah, I just think it's it's a great insight into all the characters. Like when Don comes in and Becky, it's like the three of them working together to make this place like work, like to run this place and just to like get stuff done. And I think it's empowering because like these three awesome women doing what they got to do 
to live. And it was written by a powerful woman. I was just about to ask you, yeah. who wrote this song? Hmm, I should probably look that up for some of <laughs> um, It's written by, of course, Sarah Bareilles, who is an amazing performer. And um, she just does great work. Like, all of her songs I've always really enjoyed. And, yeah, that's my first thoughts about this song. What about cool. you guys? So, I guess before... Oh, yeah. No, I like... I was, I was going to go off on a different topic, but I'll talk about... I was like, opening up is a good time. It's fun. It gives the good pep. And, yeah, I like it. I was going to say, the same person who made those songs made a song about pirates in, um, <laughs> uh, in Spongebob. Sure so. And it's a bop. It's it one is. of the best not songs. talking about the openings of Act 2. We're talking <laughs> about the openings sorry, of I'm sorry, but I just wanted to give her a shout. Okay. Um, all right. So I guess before I give my first one, I guess we should probably like clarify. Like, what are What are some of the things that you look for when you're looking for your favorite opening numbers? What are things we look for? Yeah, like what, like what do you, what makes a good opening number for you? Because like for me, I'd say like it gives a good introduction, or or if there's like not an introduction of like any main characters in the opening number, which usually isn't what happens, it like gives off the vibe mm-hmm. of what the show is gonna be. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely what I look for in opening numbers: the the vibe check, you know, because. This is the first song you're introduced to in the show. Uh, it should tell you how the show should fe- would feel uh, and what it, well, at least how the act one should feel, you know. Um, and as much as sometimes they don't, but the introduction to the characters, uh, their own vocal lines to tell us how they are as their uh, character and. Uh, yeah, if it's a bop or not. Like if it's not a if it's not catchy or like not if it's not a good opening song musically, it's generally not going to be a good opening song at this, all. <laughs> you know. If it doesn't grab your attention exactly. in some way, you're, yeah, you probably aren't going to be sticking with it. Mm. Right. Um yeah, I was like I think it's definitely important that like the characters really shine through um at least like if the main character's not introduced in the first song, as if they're like, as long as they're like leading up to that or um, leading up to the main storyline, but in like a fun or exciting or yeah, just like attention grabbing way um, in order to make it like, oh, you're hooked now for the next two and a half hours. Yeah. And if like the main, if the main character is not in the song itself, most of the time they're like talking about the main character in their mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I'll start with my first opening number. Now, as a larger white gentleman in a musical theater program, I got to go with what could get me the dough in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be picking Hello from yeah. the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I almost put that on my list, but I was like, no, no, um, probably not. Now, Book of Mormon as a show, it is what it is. Uh I saw it in high school. I've seen it twice live. Listened to the recording a whole bunch of times. I've auditioned for it. It's a time and a half. 
So, hello, Book of Mormon, all the songs written by South Park guys, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and then also Robert Lopez, who's had a crazy career, Mm because he went from writing Avenue Q and the music for Book of Mormon to writing Frozen (laughs) and all the songs for WandaVision, and yeah, it just blows my mind. Um, But hello, you get to, it's definitely a vibe song, you get the vibe that hey look at we're gonna make fun of these people but like not in too bad of a way and you get you don't get introduced to elder price he's there he has a little solo bit but you do get like the full like character moment for elder cunningham and him messing up the hellos and the introductions so you do meet both of your main characters you see all the dancing white boys in there ready to sing hello and talk to you about Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, thinking about it, like, definitely gives you the vibe um, immediately when they do the bit with uh, "Hope you burn in hell," and then they just say "hello," and that's that's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely like that's snappy. And, it brings and, uh, you in, and also you get the good contrast from that like very squeaky clean white boys. To when they sing Hasadiga Iba Y. And you just definitely get that contrast. Claire, you have anything to say about Hello from the Book of Mormon? About Hello from the Book of Mormon? Um, yeah, I just think um, the idea of those Mormon boys is like so ingrained in people's minds. Like, I think. Like you just like every once in a while see them walking around with their little backpacks and like. There's they... a couple that were walking through our 12th night rehearsal. Yeah, I mm. saw that the other day and I was like hello um but (laughs) yeah there's just um an image that you first think of and it's just like the perfect way to open this like kind of corny but um fun show that like and like you expect it like it just fits very well but it's also just like hilarious in its own little way yeah introduced us to andrew reynolds um uh actually pokemon introduced oh, me to Andrew. I'm sorry. oh i'm so sorry just kidding uh all right uh zach so what's your second favorite all right i'm gonna next? do uh yeah i'm gonna go on a pattern here and like do like one that's kind of funny slash happy and then one that's like more dramatic um so like how claire cheated um, <laughs> uh i'm maybe also cheating because according to the wiki this technically uh isn't the first song song but it's also only like 50 seconds long for the first song but whatever so before this song technically uh there is another song okay <laughs> cool um so the song i'm choosing what is it what is it <laughs> is uh i need to know from jekyll and hyde um yeah <laughs> Austin has some thoughts. What's up? Isn't Lost in the Darkness the first song of that show? Yeah, but it's not on the cash recording. And it's not that long either. All right. So that's why I chose I Need to I'll let it slide. Um, Yeah. um, So in the beginning, Dr. Jekyll, his uh, father dies, right? Um, Because he was in a coma and went insane and stuff like that. He was in an insane asylum. And I think this song really, if like some of the other songs in the musical, this song is really very much like 
a power ballad um they sure being, are it, it's a it's a it's an opera right isn't this it's uh like a, no it's just that, like um frank wildhorn's music is just very like pop opera-y but like mm-hmm. there's talking scenes in that show yeah. um but it's it's wild and this song i i did it for uh, a salon here at school i didn't do it for the salon i did it for uh for rep i should have done it for a salon. repertoire but it's um it's so good um and it has the necessary what's up so I figured out why I'm confused. Because mm. there's two different cast recordings of Jekyll and Hyde. Oh. But they're both the Frank Wildhorn one. Because I was like, the first song is Lost in the Darkness, and then it goes into Facade. Yeah, because I thought of Facade. I thought but Facade was the first song. There's two different Frank Wildhorn Whoa. Jekyll and Hyde's. So I'm guessing this is like the off-Broadway Maybe. version. Because this is from the, the gothic musical thriller album. And then the other one is just Jekyll and Hyde. That's interesting. Well, because well, I definitely the more you know, hey, yeah, because like, I definitely knew of Facade as like the big. Yeah, no, I knew the big number because <laughs> I remember when you listened to this the first time, you're like, "Oh, this song is so good." It's like the first song of the show, and I was just sitting there like, "I've never, heard I've this never song. heard this song That's before crazy. in my life." I was like, "Where's Facade? Get Facade in here." Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just powerful. Um, the 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 need literally it says i he says it multiple times i need to know and it just solidifies jekyll as a character who's willing to do whatever it takes to figure out the cure to insanity and like the darker side of the human and which ends up biting him in the butt later but still it's a very strong song and that's something i like for sure cool yeah, I don't got anything to say because I've never heard it before. I was like, I have heard it now this year. I guess I was I haven't listened to Jekyll and Hyde enough to like think it was weird, but I definitely was wondering <laughs> like where Facade was. Have you heard Facade? It's a good song. No, I Oh, well we'll play <laughs> so, it after this. Okay. Cool. Um All right, Claire. Yeah, oh my second song. Yeah, your second song. Okay, so the second song I've gone with has like a personal uh, meaning in my life. Um, which is it's when you're in Adams from the Adams family musical. Oh, I see Zach doing a little crossy cross off his list. Oh, this is this Oh, that's for something different. else. Okay. Oh, by the way, sorry, didn't fail to mention. Uh Frank Wildhorn did music lyrics. Uh lyrics were also shared with uh Leslie uh Brykus, I think that's how you say it. And uh Steve Ah, man, my Steve Cooden, I think that's how you say it. And then Leslie also wrote the book for Jekyll and I. I forgot to mention that. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, so now back to me. <laughs> when you're in Adams from the Adams family. So um, when I was in high school, our community theater did this show. And I played Wednesday. And I did that from like the months of like, like I think rehearsal started in September. And then we performed in October. And then my high school decided to do um, the Adams Family Musical for our One Act Festival. It was pretty good. Which was weird. (laughs) And so I played Wednesday Adams for five months my senior year. But then, of course, during the One Act performance, I had pneumonia. (laughs) So I couldn't really sing, and it was pretty bad. (laughs) I mean, it was still good. Yeah, I was like, you still got a superior. You had everyone. My acting was fine. I just couldn't sing. Um, I tried my best. Yeah, 
I remember hearing about that in the stand. They're like, yeah, apparently the, the girl who's playing Wednesday, like, has pneumonia or something. Like, her voice is gone. And yeah, I like, woke oh. up at, like, 7 in the morning to go see that show <laughs> from the night before. And Claire being like, yeah, I do not have a voice. And I'm like, it'll be fine. And it was. I was like, literally, one of the judges was like, I didn't even tell. And I'm like, <laughs> either you tell. are lying or you should not be judging this. Because <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> That's the thing. Anyway. Um, but Why there's do you just, like this song? I, I really like the the immediate, like, Latin-inspired um, rhythm and beat that just, like, sets up Gomez as a character, because he's, like, the first person you hear. Um, and also, there's just something so iconic about the Adams Family snap, which is, like, in the original, you know, like, the da na na and it's like that is incorporated into the first number and so it's like i can't like listen to the song and not feel the urge to snap along with it um and it's just like so fun it has like the comedic presence to it because it's just like this wacky family bringing back their ancestors from the dead which is so wild and but yet so normal for the family who's just like like if you've watched like the old old um (laughs) if you watched oh my gosh he's an adams (laughs) when you've watched like the old old um black and white tv show of the adams family or just like the movies that came out in like early 2000s or in the 90s that's what it was yeah um it's just like they just have such an iconic presence and i think it's really exemplified through that opening song like we are the adams you already know who we are mm-hmm. but here we are yeah this was my first technical musical i've ever watched on like a live stage it was in san diego and i went with my uncle it was a pretty good time and then i won't say that never mind go ahead <laughs> all right so for my second pick i'm also going to kind of cheat on this one they're technically two different songs but they run right into each other and this show was written by my favorite composer michael friedman it is called the fortress of solitude and the opening number the opening song is called prelude but the opening number is called the one i remember oh i put prelude down on my list well there prelude i don't think is long enough to be like an opening number in my head okay okay but the story is of a white boy who grew up in a black neighborhood or predominantly black neighborhood in the 70s in new york um and his life and his friend the musical's book the musical is based on a book and apparently the musical skews the book's plot a lot i have read the book i've listened to the musical i like them both um but this opening song definitely sets the vibes of the neighborhood that he's living in sort of like how the opening song of another musical that has recently come out in movie form does with its opening song it just shows the neighborhood at this time and like what's going on with everybody and how everybody feels about what's going on um it pulls you in you get to meet all of the characters each one has their own little line they get to sing um and michael friedman's really good at piling a whole bunch of different melodies and harmonies and counter melodies all on top of each other to like build a wall of sound and i think this opening number does that 
And also, it ends on such like a small, like closed off note because it's like this huge, big, like so much sound. And then the main character, his mom leaves. And so it just ends with him saying, gone in like a small sad little voice but then there's just a huge block chord that comes like sforzandoing out of nowhere at the very end so you get that emotional beat into like a final like yeah it might suck and you might be sad and by yourself but there's this whole other world that's outside of yourself that is also living and moving and i just think that's cool and Mm -hmm. i would check out michael friedman shows in general for sure yeah um yeah he does good work for sure <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and coaches the solitude yeah uh yeah this first song um i just think it's interesting it's almost like he's he builds like the sounds of the neighborhood and um like each group of people have their own particular sound that he like meshes together and it's it's incredible. Like I said, it kind of sounds like a song from a musical that <laughs> just came out as a movie, but I don't want to name it right now just in case anyone picks that song in this list as the best opening number because I think it would also work. Yeah, I have not listened to Fortress of Solitude that much. That's so okay. I don't think most people have listened to it's it. It's really good. Uh, I've only listened to probably like three songs. I've listened to it all the way through once. And yeah. Yeah. That's me. All right. Uh, (laughs) My next song following the um, pattern that I'm doing, I'm going to say more than survive from be more chill. It's a definitely, um, I I, I guess you could say it's not the first song in the show because there's technically Jeremy's theme uh, that comes before it, but that's kind of like an overture, overture. uh, which if we ever do an overture thing, if I'm ever on that, I might, I might say that's a good overture. Joe Iconis, but, get in the comments if you don't agree, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just like you said, Joe Iconis uh, doing both the lyrics and the music for that. Um, More Than Survive does a great job at introducing the world of the musical as a sci-fi. I think like with the like electronical like like EDM type uh, deal, um, like the very beginning is like do 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 right, kind of like reminiscent of like a UFO kind of taking you off, um, um, and then it just like very much solidifies Jeremy as the nerd, uh, very much a virgin, <laughs> um, um, Come on. like a geeky character he is because the first thing he's you he you you introduced to him as is he's trying to look up some porn before he goes to school (laughs) and then you know he gets to school you know there's the bully there's his crush who is also like a weird girl who does theater um and um his best friend who just wants to like get high with him in his basement the best character in the show uh, george salazar i love you Um, (laughs) oh do you like the original off-Broadway recording or the I Broadway recording more? I love the uh, New Jersey recording of it with uh, Will Will, Con- Will Connell as Jeremy. I love that version so much. Uh, yeah, I don't really like the Broadway version that much. Uh, and I think that's the general consensus, too. I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but this song uh, does a really good job of getting into Jeremy's head before we actually get into Jeremy's head with uh, with the squip and stuff. And I think, uh, yeah, that's what I like about it. Yeah, be more chill for me is a weird is a weird spot because I think if you if you listen to our last episode, we talked about Hamilton and like how some people like overhyped it to the point where it was like kind of annoying. Was this overhyped? This for me was overhyped in the fact that like the people who were around me at the time that the I think just the first um album came out, the mm-hmm. non-Broadway recording came out they were just so obsessed with it and it just like made me not want to listen to it Mm. and then i think like one of the first songs i heard from be more chill which i know we're not talking about be more chill specifically but like was play rehearsal and i did not vibe (laughs) with that song you know and so i think it just kind of like i just couldn't get into it but now i think it's it's all right (laughs) speaking on play rehearsal right i i for a long time was like i don't like this song right um, but now like like every time I listen to the to the cat to the cast recording like I find myself a little bit more like liking it uh her name is like Stephanie Sue or something like that I forget what her last name is uh but she has such a pretty voice and it shows in other songs uh but in and in some parts of play rehearsal it shows but yeah I just find myself starting to like it a little bit more. I also, don't like saying that. Also, <laughs> on play rehearsal, Joe Iconis and George Salazar have an album called Two Player Game, which is like the 54 Below show that they did. And George Salazar does a version of I Love Play Rehearsal that's also pretty good and pretty funny. Oh, but moving on from Be More Chill Talk, Claire, what is your third choice? Hmm. <laughs> I think I'm... Ooh, this is tough. I wrote down a lot of stuff, guys. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with um, West of Words from Alice by Heart. Yep, typical. I was typical, also going to write that typical. down, but I was like, no, Claire's definitely going to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Alice by Heart, I mean, as you guys have listened, like, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I think there's just such a like mystical aspect to it which makes sense because you know the story of Alice in Wonderland is like pretty far out there in that kind of sense and I also just think you know because it was um Duncan Sheik and Steven Steven Sater Sater, and they also did Spring Awakening and I also have a little side note I also have Mama Who Bore Me on here um but I I think I don't think that song's a good opening number (laughs) Anyway, I, <laughs> I but I I put it down there because I think the contrast of those two openers is really interesting to me because um, West of Words is very like melodic and mystical, whereas Mama Who Bore Me is like very like, uh, we're going to be in your face. Well, I not mean, the first one. That's the, the second, that's the, the second, the reprise. Because Excuse if me. you'd say like, I like Mama Who Bore Me as a song and it works for that show in a way but the reason i like it is because it's that slow melodic version first and then you get the reprise with all the girls coming in so i think if you put the two of them together it works as a good opening number but just the first one on its own doesn't work yeah i guess i in my head i was just putting them both together Mm -hmm. anyway but yeah west of words i just think it's a great opening because it like um I feel like it gets all the characters in in more of a abstract way and like a meta theatrical way rather than pushing in to 
like the main themes, I guess, Mm -hmm. immediately. And so it's different from like most of the other shows on this list. And I just think it's really beautiful. Yeah. And like you touched on, like the Alice in Wonderland in itself is like a mystical, like, type of feel you know like the land is always changing even though you know it like you can read the book and know everything about it it's always there's always that certain uncertainty you know um and west of worlds does a good job with that yeah i also just love molly gordon (laughs) (laughs) me too just amazing i love everyone in that show yeah really like i would literally date anyone (laughs) anybody in the show (laughs) agreed agreed or just be friends. Yeah. I'd love to be friends with all the people in the show. Give him a high five. I don't know. <laughs> I would love for Co- Andrew Cobra to be my dad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my, my second choice. Cool. Or third choice. Yeah. I, don't know I love Duncan Sheik. I love Steven Sater. Um, okay. I got some tough decisions to make here, guys, on number three. Uh, I think since my first two have been more modern, I guess I'm going to go back a little earlier in time and i'm going to pick the song magic to do from pippin mm-hmm. now i like both versions i like the patina miller revival version i like the ben vereen original cast recording version i just think that song's fun i think it gives off great vibes of what the show's gonna be um i hadn't listened to pippin until i was in college but I've listened to it. I've seen it. It's a fun time. The Fosse choreography is great. And I think it just works well as a, hey, audience, come. Hey, audience, come watch this show because that's literally what the song is doing. It's just introducing this world of, hey, we're going to show you a show. And by the end of it, you're going to be like, wow, this was nuts. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it fits off the vibe. You get everyone's on stage. It's the big group number. There's the part where the characters just start, like, talking to audience members in the middle of it, which I think is fun. Uh, It was written by Stephen Schwartz, who went on to write, like, Godspell, or who also wrote, like, Godspell and Wicked and other shows. He is very famous. Um, But, yeah, Magic to Do from Pippin. That's my next choice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Pippin is very, like, I like it for its, uh, like, jazziness, for sure. I've only listened to it once again and then picked out my favorite songs that I listen to sometimes. Um, but in terms of it as a whole, I don't know if I really like Pippin as, like, that much to say it's good. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, yeah I've never listened to Pippin. I know. I've never listened to all Pippin. But I do have kind of mixed feelings about the first song because I think it's fun and I think it's great. But I just recently in my jazz class had to do a combination to that song, like a Fosse combination. And so now I think I would just get kind of stressed listening to it. Um, Start dancing. But they also, um, they use that song in an episode of one of my favorite shows, Gilmore Girls. (laughs) And they um, basically kind of make fun of it. So it's like I have that like idea in my brain, but also like the dread of like having to do this combination to this song. So those are my those are my feelings on it. Yeah, those are all valid. Cool. All right, Zach, your fourth pick. All right, my fourth pick and 
were these supposed to be in like order? No, like, it doesn't okay, matter. Okay, good, good, good. good. So <laughs> to specify, it's not. <laughs> uh, my fourth pick, uh, for openings is probably the prelude. Dot dot. Uh, take me back. From I knew Fight. it. I knew you were gonna yeah. do it. I have. That was uh, my next one too. Benji Pasic. That's Benji, right? I'm pretty sure. Or uh, and then Justin Paul doing the music and lyrics for that. They write good music. They also did like Dear Evan Hansen and stuff like that. Um, and I think I most do. I agree. Is better. I agree. <laughs> I think this is better, um, especially in terms of book, <laughs> in terms of like the actual musical. Um, but in this song, it's just so like kind of like how Claire was talking about with West of Worlds, just like so mystical, right? And it's like kind of like. Like, it gives off the feeling of, like, ghost story in a way right at the beginning, which is, I don't know if it's ironic um, or coincidental in this sense because there are characters who do die, like, in the end, right? Um, and this is the prelude, which is also like that. Like, not really an epilogue, but it's like you start at the end and then... And then you get taken back. You, you get taken back, right, to the beginning before um, the protagonist, Eddie, um, gets sent away to Vietnam. Uh, Rose is the protagonist. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, who, it's ha- who has more time yeah, on stage? I guess Eddie does. But... I don't know. Um, yeah, I love Dogfight. I yes. love Rose as a character. I would love to play her. And now I have a funny story about rose and the idea of me playing rose so we had to do these like character study things at school and i did mine on rose from dogfight and our like main guy like our main professor who will not be named in this podcast just as he was not named in the last podcast no it wasn't a professor who said this it was a student who will not be named but you know it was a compliment that he said it just came out if you're listening to this podcast, you can also be on it if you want, if you know who you are. Um, yeah, he was like kind of the main the main male of the program. He, really sweet guy. And um, I he came up to me and he's like, Claire, what are you doing um, your character study on? And I was like, oh, I'm doing Rose from Dogfight. He's like, oh, man, you would be such a good Rose. Not because you're ugly or anything. You're really beautiful, but I just think you would sound good. I was like, it's thank you. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I just had to put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. The first song, very um, that like mystical, nostalgic for vibe sure. for sure. Yeah, and then like, obviously we they sing it again at the end <laughs> um, to welcome Eddie back home, and it's just yeah, it's definitely a iconic song for me. I guess like. If someone just started playing it a little bit, I'd know, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good thing for opening numbers to do, too. Like, as soon as you hear the opening number, you know what show's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like, the, oh, did they just... Lindsay uh, Mendez two... is so good. Yeah, yeah. Lindsay Mendez... Uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> Lindsay Mendez is so great. But uh, Benji, Pasek, and Paul, they just do a great job at their own, like, their harmonies and stuff like that that they do. And it's just... Uh, it's yeah, just whenever crazy. we talk about group numbers and, like, I'm going to be talking about some of those harmonies in some kind of time because they make me oh, melt. go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy goes stupid, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All Amazing. right, Claire, your fourth pick. Okay. Um, 
I feel like my fourth pick is kind of strange in the fact that like of like what we've kind of gone about so far about big opening numbers, because I'm actually going to talk about one by one by one from Ordinary Days. I almost put that on mine too. Because it's so different in the fact that it's just one person. Shout out to Jared Gertner. (laughs) Yeah, you're amazing. Um, But it's so it's like you're not even really getting... I mean, you are getting what the show is about, but not really. It's just the sense of New York and like the hustle and bustle, as well as people just being overlooked for being like different in New York. And I think um, like when I first listened, this is like off track, but when I first listened to Ordinary Days, it was like a, um, a musical, a kind of musical I don't think I'd ever listened to before. It just like had a completely different vibe from any of the other musicals I had listened to. Um, including obviously that first opening song where it's just one person who's like one of the main characters, yeah, but I think character. they're there's all the main characters. There's only four characters, so they're and all the main characters. And there's just the piano. Right. And so it's just like very minimal, but it like makes such an impact because yeah, it really shows his character and who he is. And then the stories just like fly off from yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. And also, um, it's also weird because in a way, without them knowing and they still don't know at the end but this is the first time that all these characters meet up are like are around the same place too so in a sense without doing it we're also introduced to our characters um in the traditional like opening songs yeah i would love to play warren but i am too tall i was like (laughs) if if that one lyric wasn't in the show where he talks about how short he is yeah yeah, Ordinary Days, another one of my dream shows. Just like either of the girl characters would love to play. I agree. Yeah. Okay, Austin. All right. Hit us All with right. the four songs. So, we can't be a musical theater podcast and not talk about my main man, Stephen Sondheim. So, um, I am going to be picking Everybody's Got the Right from Assassins. Now, all of Sondheim's shows, most of them, have pretty legit and super, like, cool opening numbers, like Into the Woods has Into the Woods. Hopefully, neither of you are picking that song. <laughs> nah. Uh, but everybody's got the right... It Get the vibe. You meet basically all the characters. Uh, it starts out, you got that balladeer. You hear the little bit of hail to the chief so you know what's about to go down and it has (laughs) that carnival aesthetic and you get to meet all of the main assassins they each come in one by one they all get their little thing that they get to talk about with the balladeer and i just think i like that show a lot i was in that show i'd love to do it again and um i just think that song is a perfect like setup for the audience to like get into this world because like the show itself it's like crazy because none of it's really happening because most of these people at the time of it being made were either dead or in jail uh and so it's all just in a fantastical world of this like at least in the broadway production and then how i've seen most other people do it in this like carnival way like this carnival shooting gallery so like 
the audience is brought in it's like dark and moody you know that this show probably isn't gonna be a laugh riot uh and this song sets it up well you get to meet all the assassins you get to you you get to find out like the hierarchy within the assassins like which assassins were like the good ones and which ones were the bad ones like John Wilkes Booth gets like the final like big entrance into the song being like here's the guy that started it all <laughs> and all of you you're just all like seconds and now John and now John Hinckley Jr. has his YouTube channel <laughs> just as a singer yeah. for fun um so yeah that's I everybody's got the right I love Sondheim I love his shows I love Assassins I like that song yeah, the only song I ever listened to from Assassins is Unworthy of Your Love, which is yeah. because of the the politician oh, or whatever. I you were going to say, because of me. Yeah, that's who Austin no, played. No, I didn't even know who Austin was. <laughs> in, wah, wah. In that, in, I didn't even know he was in that show, honestly, until like probably a couple months ago. There's a picture of me up in the hallway. Yeah, that's like oh, one of really? the only um, pictures of Austin in the hallway that you can wow. see him in. So, for those people that are listening to this podcast, the University of South Dakota has pictures of all our past productions, like in the hallways, like going back to like the 70s. So, there's one picture for each show. And I was in a few of the shows in, at, in my time here at USD. Um, in most of the pictures he got mike wazowski yeah uh (laughs) so we did young frankenstein i was the monster now the picture they chose was super cool i'm technically in it because i'm raised up in like the bed covered by a sheet so you can't see me but i'm in the picture for susical i played horton the picture is of the who's but if they would have expanded the picture just a little bit more, I'm right off to the right <laughs> of the news. Um, and then there's a couple of them where I'm literally like on stage, but I'm like right at the cutoff of where the photo ends. Or you're like a shadow. Or I'm a shadow. <laughs> but in the Assassin's one, you can clearly see me standing in the back. <laughs> so you got you got that shot. I got that one. But yeah, so I don't have much input on the <laughs> first song, but um, I'll take your word. That okay. it's pretty good. Cool. From what I hear. Claire, you got anything to say? No, yeah, I saw it. Um, it was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. basically all, all right. I gotta say. Uh, Zach, your fifth and final pick. All right. Uh, so I think I'm just gonna stay true to this theme. We will also talk about ones that we didn't pick. Yeah. Just enough. Okay. Light, light I only have two end. more that I didn't pick. Uh, after this one, but this is a show that uh is stays true to my heart, and I love it very much. Life changing experience. All that. All that jazz. It's uh, Who's Got Extra Love from Xanadont. Um, music by Tim Aceto, as well as the lyric and book by Tim Aceto. And then the lyric uh, and book was shared with uh, Alexander, uh, uh, I'm going to say Dine Laris. I don't know how to say the last name, so I apologize. But it just does an excellent job at doing its job. It introduces the world um, as this magic-filled world uh, where Xana is the main matchmaker for people. Um, it also introduces the world as, like, opposite of ours, where being homosexual is the, is the way to go rather than being uh, straight. And it also 
does a good job. If you like really pay attention, it does a good job at filling in like any holes that people would have. Like people would be like, well, how do they reproduce? And Xana's like, well, I'm glad they the surrogate mother I chose for them worked out, you know. And it, and it does an awesome job at uh, including the characters um, and who they are in like the hierarchy of the high school right so like uh the new kid steve bookman football player is like the like trash heap like he's the nerd but the the chess player champ mike he is just the bee's knees right he's like all american the god know? of the school like he's the main guy and it was just being part of it was just such a fun experience and just that the choreography and stuff was pretty fun too and hyperactive and that was awesome yeah if you haven't heard of xanadont which um i had not heard of until this past year um i would recommend listening to the soundtrack it's fun it's poppy and peppy and um yeah definitely like gives good insight on like what our world would be like if it was the opposite Mm -hmm. of what it is and yeah it definitely opens it like opens the question um, that I'm sure a bunch of the LGBT community was has been trying to put across as like, what if you were in this situation where you want to be, where being straight was wrong, you know? It's definitely a good um, Pride Month musical for sure, to listen to. For sure. Happy Pride, by the way. Happy Pride. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Claire, your fifth and final pick. Okay, I'm also going with a, a fun, fun musical. Um, that is near and dear to my heart. I love this musical. It will always be one of my favorites. It is the opening, um, and it's the song is the same as the title of the musical. The 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> um, this show itself is so fun. Just the idea of these kids being played by adults. So they're, like, in the mindset of being kids, but they also, like, say things that are, like, <laughs> kids... It's like it would be strange if that came out of a kid's mouth, and this song, this opening song, just does a such a good, um, is such a good way of like um, opening that up, and showing you the comedy within these characters, and like how all of them are so like cutthroat and like are willing to do whatever it takes to win the spelling bee, <laughs> and also um, going into the adult characters of the show and how they also have this weird like way of like i i won back then so like i have this pride in myself and it's yeah, just or such i'm a funny... the vice president pri- vice principal that nobody likes but <laughs> i gotta do this job anyway yeah mm-hmm. it's it's just so fun and peppy and yeah i just really like it yeah i've never listened to spelling bee as, uh, as much as you want me to oh no, it's, um, I know, but love it. from like pictures i see of it and all that stuff and, and the one song that you showed me uh, I don't remember what it was. The I love you song. I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know. I think you've maybe it heard a sounded couple. funny. Um, and I think maybe no, if I gave it a chance, funny. it would be good. Yeah, I also because <laughs> uh, I played Olive when I was in this show. Um, Austin at a different time, not in the same show because that would be weird. Played um, William Burfey, and. Um, I, it's just such a cool musical because it's like so like the first half especially is so peppy and lighthearted and then like second act hits and it's like oh these kids 
have sad lives. They're messed up. Mm-hmm. But they all love to spell, and that's what brings them together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. And so William Flynn. William Finn? Yep, William, William Finn, Finn. Not Flynn. What a dummy. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, that's mine. Um, all right. So I'm going to end this on a downer. <laughs> I mean, the song itself isn't a downer, but the show's kind of a downer, but like in a good way. So picture Austin in fifth grade. He had recently watched Rent for the first time, and it was like the first movie to make him cry. And then he became obsessed with musicals. And the college that was in Claire and I's hometown was doing a show called Tick, Tick, Boom Mm. about the life of Jonathan Larson, the creator of Rent. And we decided that we were going to go see this show. So I was 11, which means Claire was like eight. eight. (laughs) And we walk up to get our ticket and the director looks at my mom and dad and is like yeah uh you know this show is pretty mature like Like it's pretty like there's like swearing and there's like some sex stuff in it and claire and i were like we don't care let us see the show let us see everything and the show starts out with jonathan giving a little monologue and then you hear a tick 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 and then a big slam down on the piano and then the piano starts playing and you get the opening song which is called 3090 and it's about jonathan larson turning 30 in the 1990s you get to meet his two his best friend and his girlfriend at the time and you find out all the crazy stuff that he thinks about in his head so the musical is based off of like a monologue songs that Jonathan Larson had written, but didn't, but, and performed live for people, but they were never turned into their own show. And in the early, late nineties, early two thousands, they put together a book and took the songs from the monologues show and created tick, tick, boom. And Jonathan Larson was my favorite composer for a very long time and this song it gives off the vibe it's got short emotional moments it's got a lot of the angst that people wanted to hear who liked rent and yeah it just set off the vibe gave a great vibe for what the show was going to be and it definitely like pulls you in right from the beginning because if you don't know who jonathan larson is and you don't really like care about like what it is the show it wouldn't like just reading what it's about like bring people in but the music's also really cool and then i cried at the end yeah Mm. if you love um having an existential crisis right at the beginning (laughs) of a show this is the show for you it's yeah really really incredible and the movie's coming out soon manuel direct miranda directed a movie that's going on to netflix andrew Andrew garfield's playing jonathan larson yeah pretty cool um so yeah so that's my last pick. Uh, I'm just going to list off the other ones that I had. You guys can chime in with what you think about those. Uh, a big one is Circle of Life from The Lion King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. The prologue from Natasha and Pierre. I don't know that one. <laughs> the prologue <laughs> and Little Shop of Horrors from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, Tradition from Fiddler on the Roof. 
Oh, What a Beautiful Morning from Oklahoma, even though I hate that show, but <laughs> yeah. I do like that song. Yeah. Um, oh, The Thinks You Can Think from Susicle. Uh. <laughs> um, and then my last one is Too Much, too much Exposition from Town. All good. All good picks. I don't know two out of the out of all those, but yeah, I'm that's sure okay. yeah. No, I think it's very good. Um, vast differences yeah. <laughs> between them, but I only had a couple other ones on my list. I had another Michael Friedman show. I had the song Names from Pretty Filthy, which is a song or a musical about um the porn industry yeah, really good and the first song especially is really funny because it's like all of them picking their porn names and how you talking about how you have to pay to pick your porn name <laughs> so like you got um three bucks in your pocket but it costs five to get your name and there's just something like really funny and beautiful <laughs> about mm-hmm. that to me mm-hmm. and then my other one which is another fun song the oh my god you guys from legally blonde yeah that was a good one very iconic girls number mm-hmm. um and it always reminds me of the courtney take your break um compilations <laughs> on youtube all amazing so yeah that was me uh, those are the only two all right uh the last two i have uh i have a uh, work song from les mis mm-hmm. i think it just does a good job at setting the the tone of uh our two characters Jean Valjean and uh javert uh, as well as the world of les mis and then um the last one I had was uh, still hurting from the last five years. Um, I'm a uh, I'm a sucker for starting at the end and then going back to the beginning and then ending at the end. You know, uh, it's like I like seeing how things happen, or thing how things end, and then seeing how they happen to lead up to that point. Um, and I recently had to listen to this song because um, I'm gonna audition for the last five years here soon. Cool. All right, uh, Zach, thank you for being on. You got anything to plug or want to plug your socials? I just want to say thank you again for having me on. Definitely did not record this after the other one. <laughs> um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at just plain old Zach. With an H. With an H, yes. Yeah, yes. none of the CK business. CK, no, no, just Z-A-C, nope. <laughs> Z-A-C-H, baby. Claire, anything to plug? Um, just the usual. My Instagram, better.is.better. Or, yeah, if you like uh, family theater, go check out Storybook Land Theater on Facebook or SBL Theater on uh, Instagram. It's really a fun time. Awesome. Uh, I believe I figured it out. Uh, the man that created the music for our opening and closing, his name is Shane Ivers. Ah, Shane! <laughs> hey, thanks, if Shane. I got it wrong this time, then I'm a double dummy because I couldn't remember it for the last episode. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are hosted by the Podbean app. And uh, um, you can find us on social media at... On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Song 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 Pod, and you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at a Vetter Actor. Thank you again for listening, and remember to be a good person. Go get your vaccines, treat people with kindness, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.